Welcome back to the Reform Perspective. My name is Dan. And this is Marcellus. And we are glad that you've joined us again for another episode of the Reform Perspective. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed the previous episode. I know we got into a pretty difficult topic, one that deserves uh, more. <laughs> but it was good. It was good, yeah. yeah. I feel like uh, we hit on some pretty deep stuff and some pretty important stuff, maybe Absolutely. ruffled some feathers. Uh, that's okay. Uh, the whole point is uh, to get each other and everyone else who might listen, um, get you to think differently, uh, get you to maybe uh, consider some thoughts or points of view that maybe you hadn't considered before, get you to look at something a different way. That's the whole goal here, the whole point. So if you feel um, uncomfortable at times, I think that's a good thing. Absolutely. Right? We don't want you to be uncomfortable but we want you to be uncomfortable, right? <laughs> if that makes sense. Absolutely. Like, I I don't I don't want to hurt you, but um, you know, being uncomfortable isn't always uh for pain's sake. Mm. You know, it's for growing. Right. Um, and so that's what we try to do uh when we when we have these episodes. So, Marcellus, you and I were talking about uh, what we wanted to talk about next, um, and so for tonight's episode, um. We are talking about uh, spiritual deconstruction or faith deconstruction, and that um, I feel like has a lot of definitions. Mm-hmm. I just for fun Googled it to see wow. like, all the different <laughs> definitions, okay. and um, it's very vast. Yeah. So let me just say from the beginning that um, I hope you listen to this with an open mind, because if you have a specific view or definition of what that is and that's a negative thing for you Mm. i think if you have an open mind you'll see that what we're discussing tonight isn't a negative thing right um it's it's actually a very healthy thing Mm. and so uh try to ignore the definitions you've uh researched or uh the presuppositions you had about this specific term um and have it open mind and uh you know we're going to talk about a little bit about our testimonies or individual testimonies and uh, what that's looked like over the years. And you and I have talked about this before um, in a very just laid back setting, probably yeah. in a Chipotle or yeah. walking around at a park somewhere. We just, Chipotle. yeah, I'm hungry. Don't get me started on Chipotle. <laughs> 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 Woo. Um, I could eat Chipotle every day. Uh, yeah. So we had this conversation before um, in a very laid back and just kind of, you know, throwing it out there tossing it back and forth situation. So we're going to do that again tonight, but try to be more focused, you know, because I think this is a topic too that we could talk about for a long time. Sure. Uh, But we'll we'll try to be focused and uh, hit on some main points. So um, do you want to start or you want me to start? Um, It doesn't matter. I think this is one of those topics where we can kind of just go hand in hand and piggyback off of each other's comments. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this can go on and on. And I'm sure, you know, as we continue to talk, you know, you'll, you'll say something and, it'll kind of bring back, you know, where I found myself in that same situation or vice yeah. versa. And we can kind of keep elaborating on each yeah. other's thoughts. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so we, when we did our introduction episode, we kind of talked about uh, our testimony or um, our, our faith journey. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about, you know, where we came from uh, growing up in church, what our, our family looked like in church and uh, early ages of learning things. Um, so we, we kind of hit on that, before but just kind of in a in a short way um but uh as we talk about this this topic uh it's hard not to go back to like our testimony from the beginning yeah 
to show, you know, how that process, you know, started, where we're at in that process, new things that we're discovering uh, in our faith. Um, so, you know, for me, um, I grew up in a Pentecostal church, um, and I am not going to name drop anybody. Um, don't even ask me. I won't do it. Nobody's going to ask me. I know they won't, but just in case you're thinking of asking me, don't. Um, grew up in a Pentecostal church, um, and I went, it was kind of funny because I went to Baptist schools, right? So Baptist uh, denomination and Pentecostal denomination, very different. Yeah. Uh, at oftentimes at odds with each other. Um, so that was a fun <laughs> thing for me to be kind of stuck in the middle. Um, but, uh, all that's all that to say, I was really, um, I wrestled with a lot of things with my faith, um, during early years and even, you know, going into college <clears throat> because of being in the middle of those two specific denominations and the the beliefs, you know, the belief systems within those denominations specifically. Um, if you don't know anything about the Baptist church or the Pentecostal church, um, very different in the way uh, that they worship, very different in the way that they preach, very different in uh, the way that they believe um, uh, certain uh, gifts are used or not used. Um gifts of the spirit that is and then uh, a, a specific thing too is that uh, in the Pentecostal church and I, I don't want to speak broadly for every Pentecostal church but in my experience within the Pentecostal church mm-hmm. um, there was uh, there's the belief that you can lose your salvation at any moment mm. um, and the Baptist uh, denomination believes that you can't mm-hmm. right so growing up even like being I don't know, nine years old, I was telling my friends, you know, Hey, you know, you better pray cause right. you could lose your salvation. They're looking right. at me like, what? And they're scared. You know, mm-hmm. this is our friend, Dan, but he's, he's a little scary at times. He's talking about some, some deep stuff. But, yeah. um, I, I grew up believing that at any moment, if I made a mistake, uh, that I could lose my salvation. Mm. And, uh, I even remember, remember being younger, maybe seven or, or eight years old, um, laying in bed at night, um, and praying, um, repenting mm-hmm. every single night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even if I couldn't remember doing anything wrong, mm-hmm. not that I didn't, cause mm-hmm. obviously, you know, we're humans, we sin, we mess right. up. Right. But even if I didn't lie that day, you know, um, I would still sit there and say, you know, Lord, if there's anything that I've done that I'm not thinking of that I can't remember that maybe I didn't notice you know, please forgive me because I was so scared Mm -hmm. that I would fall asleep and not wake up Mm -hmm. and then suddenly wake up in hell. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's, (laughs) that's how most of my young life, that's how I lived. Um, that was a very real fear that Mm -hmm. I had. Some of that was taught Mm -hmm. and then some of that was on my own, Mm -hmm. you know, because when it comes to fear specifically, um, you know, a lot of that is internal. You know, there are things that make you afraid um, that you've learned or that you've experienced, but then there's a whole other side of fear that starts to build and build and build and build even more internally. You know, it's not necessarily that somebody's pointing at me or trying to make me fearful, but it's my own inner man, my own self, making myself even more afraid. Um, so I struggled with that. That was huge for me. Um, I struggled with feeling like at any moment I would mess up. You know, uh, I remember hearing a sermon 
uh, talking about if you like driving down the road, right? Say you're in traffic or you're just trying to get home from work and you've had a, a tough day and you're stressed out and people are cutting you off and you know, you're angry, yeah. right? And say, you know, some guy is just being a jerk and mm-hmm. man, you just want to tell him he's number one with a specific mm-hmm. finger of your, yeah. yours. So, um, and you do that, you flip mm-hmm. him off, right? Mm-hmm. And then you crash and you die. Mm. Um, there was a lot of people that I knew Go straight who to believed hell. that you were going to hell. Do not collect $200. Yeah. Go straight <laughs> yeah. To no, get out of hell. Yeah. Cars. Yeah. So that, that strict, that strict of a, of a faith. Um, and I wrestled with that. I wrestled with guilt. I wrestled with doubt. Um, and I wrestled with just, am I going to be good enough at the end of the day? Even if I, you know, became a pastor or a missionary or, you know, brought, thousands of people to Christ, if I served people, if I gave up everything I own, you know, if I did all these things um, to check the box or to say, you know, I'm a good person at the end of the day, what if I flip somebody off? What if I lie? You know, what if I steal something? Is all that just a race and I'm going to hell? Like it doesn't matter. So very real thing I struggled with and going to Baptist school, I had a lot of friends who were like, yeah, we don't believe that. And they tried to explain you know, to me, um, eternal salvation is the, the term that's used in the Baptist church. Um, but it wasn't until I was in college that I really tackled that issue. And what it, what it came to was me, uh, figuring out my faith on my own, apart from, uh, churches I've gone to pastors I've listened to, and even my family, apart from all of that, just, Mm -hmm. just me and God, me and God sitting down with his word, praying for wisdom, praying for understanding, and really being a student of the word, sat down and had to come to grips with that. Um, and so part of my uh, spiritual deconstruct- deconstruction, one aspect of it is I no longer believe that at any moment um, I could lose my salvation in the sense that I could lose my car keys. You know, like I make a mistake and now I'm going to hell. I do believe that a person can walk away because of uh, free will. I believe a person can say, you know what, God, I'm done. You know, I don't want anything to do with you. I don't believe in you anymore. I don't want a relationship with you. I don't think that God says, well, too bad. You know, <laughs> you're staying with me. Um, yeah. But I, I, I don't <laughs> believe uh, that a, that a person can just lose their salvation. Uh, for making a mistake or, or sinning without repenting. And, and here's why. Um, no matter where you fall uh, on this belief, I think the biggest thing to keep in mind is that if I believe that at any moment I could sin and lose my salvation, I'm putting the weight of my salvation and the guarantee of my salvation on myself, mm. right? I'm not putting that on Jesus. If Jesus died for me, and he paid the price for me, and I believe that, and by accepting him and following him, I've accepted salvation, mm. then it's because of what he did and not what I do in a mm-hmm. moment, mm-hmm. Right? right? It's already done. Right. Um, and I, I believe that God knows my heart and would know that I'm not trying to <laughs> mess up and go to hell, right? But I'm a person. I'm, I'm a human being who makes mistakes. I'm not perfect. There's no one on this planet that's perfect. No one can live that perfect life. Jesus did but he was part God and part man, right? And, and there's no one else that's been able to do that. And, and if I can lose my salvation in a moment just by making one mistake, then 
what was the point of him dying on the cross? Mm-hmm. You know, if that could be so easily erased. Yeah. Right. So I, what are your thoughts on that? Like, did you go through that as well? Do, how, have you wrestled with that as well? Yeah. I mean, and if I'm honest, you know, I have to continually not wrestle with that um, because, um, you know, I've, I've come to an understanding now. Um, but that doesn't mean that that, uh, you know, that fully goes away. Some of that stuff still tries to creep up within my thought process. And, you know, if, on, on, a, on a good day, I still find myself um, relying too much on myself um, as an assurance of my salvation. You know, what I mean, I put too much on on me. And, you know, as we're t- kind of sitting here talking about, you know, this uh, deconstruction, um, you know, and as you said, that it has a very broad, I mean, it could go in a lot of different directions, but for the purpose of our conversation, um, you know, I, I grew up in church from, from birth. We were always in church. So um, what that does is from a very early age, it paints the picture that um, something is important. You know, if you're always going somewhere, it, it must have some sort of importance. You know, school, we were going there five days a week. Church, we were going there, you know, very often. So I knew from an early age that church was important. But what I did not know how to do um, until probably my early 20s and even going into my 30s was how to separate my relationship with God from the church. I, I did not know how to do that. Um, because being in church from an early age, um, there were times where we sat in the sanctuary with the adults for the entire service. But there were times where, you know, we did, you know, Sunday school and that could be before the service. Sunday school could be. And then you sit, you know, through the adult service or Sunday school could be during, you know, the the, the adult service. But what we learned in Sunday school mostly was stories out of the Bible. You know, we learned about. Daniel in the in the lion's den. We learned about, you know, David and Goliath. We learned about, uh, you know, Noah and the ark. Um, and none of those things helped me formulate a solid theology. Hmm. They were stories to right. me. Yeah. Right. And they were good stories. And, you know, so we learned stories out of the Bible, but it, it did not help me understand salvation and the need to be saved and how that works. And so what happens is, Unfortunately, it's over the years, if you're not careful and and you're not finding yourself around good teachers or good um, friends or mentors or somebody who's going to be able to to break it down to you, what it actually means to be saved is even though you go to church almost your entire life, you still are you're creating your own theology. Yeah. And and it's scary. It's a scary thing because you you just know you're supposed to believe something, but you don't know fully what you believe Mm -hmm. and in my instance i i just believed i don't want to go to hell yeah (laughs) i like like this thing is dude no (laughs) like i'm not trying to go to hell like Mm. for eternity Mm. i'm that's i just i knew i wasn't trying to do that and you know we understand that salvation is a spiritual transaction Mm -hmm. right um it's a spiritual transaction you know when when christ you know took our place and, and died in our, in our place. That was a spiritual transaction. That was something that, that happened where he, um, he, he met the need that we couldn't pay that the debt that we owed. Right. Right. But the world that we live in, everything else is contingent on what we do. Mm-hmm. If I want to go home and I want to flip the light switch and I expect, you know, BG and E to supply my house with power. That means I've got to do something. I've got to get up, go to work, be a responsible adult, you know, perform my, my job duties to a satisfactory, you know, whatever. I got to do what my boss wants me to do. 
um, earn a paycheck. And then not only when I earn that paycheck, I've got to do what's right with that paycheck. Mm. You know, I got to say <laughs> BG and E, here's the cut that yeah. we agreed upon that says, OK, you're going to supply power to my house. Yeah. And that's a faith transaction, too. Mm. We don't always see it like that. Yeah. But it's a faith transaction, you know, um, because I believe that if I pay BG and E, that I don't have to worry about power being in, at my my residence. When mm-hmm. I go in and I flip the switch, I'm not thinking whether or not it's going to come on. I just I believe that it's going to come on. And if it doesn't come on, at least at that point, I know it's of no fault of my own. Right. It must be a power outage. Maybe it was a storm. You know, maybe there's a circuit break or something. Right. But I guess my point is, is that um, like most things in the world, we want to exert our own personal ability into our spiritual lives. Hmm. And and I did that far too often in an attempt largely to avoid hell. Yeah, I didn't do it um, for um, and I still think think about hell a lot. You know, yeah. to be honest with mm-hmm. you, because, you know, I, I want to make sure that I get it right. Now I'm at a place in my life where I do want to be pleasing to God. Right. I do want to have yeah. a relationship with God. I do yes. realize that heaven is not heaven unless Jesus is there. Yes. You know what I mean? Like if, if Jesus isn't there, if I'm not his and he's not mine, there's there is no heaven. You right. know, it's just we're you know, I don't know what I'd be doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I you know, I can't recline <laughs> on, a, on a cloud and, you know, be watching NFL all day. You know, that's not heaven if, if Jesus yeah. isn't there. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, now I have a different perspective, you know, when it comes to stuff like that. Um, but if I'm in this position and I went to church the majority of my life and you're saying you were in this position and you went to church the majority of your life. How yeah. many other people out there, Dan, that are just like that, that are mm-hmm. struggling through this just like we are, that are like, I, you know, listen, I don't want to go to hell either. I want to get this right. I want to understand what it means like to be saved. And maybe just maybe my faith needs to be deconstructed and put yeah. back together. No. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of people will resonate with this. Um, I, I, I can't imagine, um, that there's a small number of people that deal with this, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and whether you've, you know, been in church all your life, like, like we have growing up in church or whether you just started going to church, it's still scary because it's faith, right? I mean, like mm-hmm. you're, you're stepping out and, and yeah, there's a lot of ways that I believe that God has revealed himself, like visual ways. Like we can look around the world and see like, yeah, God, God's real. Like he's revealed yeah, himself absolutely. time and time again, but the faith aspect and what happens when I die, that's big. ultimately you don't know no you don't until you wake up wherever you are right i mean <laughs> that's the reality um everything about uh believing in jesus everything about our relationship with him is all about faith mm-hmm. it is um even for the disciples that walked with him and lived with him and saw miracles they were still believing in faith that he was the messiah right correct they they couldn't know for sure they were still believing in faith and that's that's a huge aspect. And something you said really resonated with me too, because um, when I chose to get saved mm-hmm. at the age of seven, um, it was completely 100% fire insurance. 100%. Oh, yeah. That was my only intention. Oh, yeah. It was, okay, I have to make the decision or I'm going to hell. And then afterwards it was, why did I make this decision? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Not mm-hmm. why do I need to make this decision that I made it? It's I made it. Why did I do this? Mm. What does that really look like? Mm. Uh, it was kind of a backwards 
point of view. And again, maybe you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, that was me too. Because I think, I think a lot of people come to faith in Jesus that way. For me, it was, I went to uh, see a play at a church uh, called Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames. Um, maybe you, you've been there, you've seen that, maybe that brought back some memories, but it was a 90s type thing, maybe even earlier, I'm not sure, but I wasn't around then. Um, but it was a 90s type thing, and it was basically a drama where there was like four different people or groups of people. Um, one is like they're driving somewhere, uh, one is a construction, two guys that are construction workers and they're taking a break, eating lunch and something happens mm. and they die. Mm. Right. So like the, I'll just focus on the construction worker. They're sitting there, they're eating lunch. One's a Christian, one's not. Mm. Right. And the one part about his story that was even more was that he didn't really share his faith with, with his friend that he saw every day and worked with. Mm. Right. So that's heavy. That's a whole other discussion. Right. Um, but they're sitting there eating lunch something starts falling, it falls on them, they die, and they wake up yeah. and they're standing in the throne room of heaven mm-hmm. before, before God, and he opens up the book, mm-hmm. and the one guy, your name is in the Lamb's Book of Life, meaning mm-hmm. that you're a Christian, you, 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 you're saved, you chose to follow me, and they welcome in in heaven, all the angels are singing, it's awesome, it's right. beautiful, everybody's happy, he's running up the loved ones, you know, caring parents or cousins or whatever, um, that he hasn't seen in forever cause they've passed away. And then he gets to the other guy and the other guy's standing there like, uh Oh, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And he says, your name's not in this. And his hit, what happens to him is very different. Mm-hmm. These people dressed up like demons mm-hmm. come running out of this, you know, fiery hell spot and mm-hmm. drag him away mm-hmm. while he's screaming. Mm-hmm. Now I'm seven years old watching this. Mm-hmm. So Terrified. You, you better believe Terrified. I'm sprinting up to the front as soon as they have an altar call. And I'm like, it's either yeah. that or to the bathroom, <laughs> write my name down in this book. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, but that was, that was it. It right. was, I got to have my name in this book. Cause I'm not letting that happen to me. Yeah, I was, exactly. ter- I, I'm pretty sure I had nightmares for a while about yeah, that. Honestly, yeah. that was the reason. And I'm not knocking the play cause the mm-hmm. play is powerful, right? It's, it's showing people that, there are two places and there's the decision that you can make that gets you to heaven. And, and if you don't make the decision, you go to hell. I get, I get the purpose of it and everything. But right. because of that, for me and growing up in a Christian family, it made it a little easier. But for me, it was, I made this decision out of fear and now I have to build my faith. And now I have to figure out why I have this faith. Is it just so that I don't go to hell or is it to have a relationship with Jesus? Like what's the purpose? Because there's there it's very different like you i believe you can be saved and go to heaven and not have like a strong relationship with jesus mm. i believe that mm-hmm. but you can also have a strong relationship with jesus and your life be completely different mm. i mean to have an even more full life mm. i believe that you can so it a lot of it is like what do you really want out of this that's another part of deconstruction mm. it's like what how much am i putting into this what's worth putting into this um, but also the, the, the downfall for me, I don't know if it was this way for you too, but for me, it was like, I had to rely on people around me and my mm-hmm. family mm-hmm. and people, my friends and people in church mm-hmm. to kind of help me understand mm-hmm. and piece all this together. And like you said, you know, you sit in Sunday school and you learn about Daniel, you learn about David and Goliath and Jonah. It's like, these are all cool right. stories, you know, yep. big old whale swallowing a guy, yep. you know, he, he survived somehow. Yeah. Some puny dude, you know, taking down a giant with a stone. Like, it's awesome. Right. right. But how does that build your faith? How does that build your relationship with Jesus? It right. doesn't really. Right. Um, 
But as a kid, it's like, that's how we draw them in. It's like this really cool story. Look how cool God is. And it's like, yeah, I want, I want to serve a God like that. Right. But ultimately it took a long time for me to really start building my faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I kind of, I'm curious, like I, I want to, I really want to talk to somebody who like recently or who's an adult, was an adult when they got saved mm-hmm. and, and the difference in that, mm-hmm. you know, is it I'm confronted with um, the guilt that I feel um, knowing that I need a savior, you know, am I starting from that point? Because then that changes things, right? It's not, I need a ticket out of hell. It's mm-hmm. I need a savior and I want to have a relationship with him. And I have to think that the relationship is probably stronger because you, you realize the dependence on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, so uh, for you, did it feel that way too? Like you had, it was kind of like backwards, like rebuilding your faith. Yeah. I mean, and to be honest with you, it's, it's quite unsettling. Yeah. Uh, you know, because as we're sitting here talking, I'm I'm thinking literally it's almost better for you to be unsaved into your adulthood and then <laughs> and then be saved yeah. with a sound theology right away. Yeah. Than it is to be, quote unquote, saved from your youth. Yeah. And go through years and years of improper learning and improper understanding only to find out I'm probably worse off now and more yeah. afraid as an adult mm. of hell than I was as a kid. Yeah. Cause now I got to go back hell. and fix all that. Cause now know? I'm like, you know, I, I was afraid of, of hell then as a kid mm. and how much could I really have been doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, yeah. if it's all based on works. Right. But now that I'm 41, mm. OMG, <laughs> there's no saving me. <laughs> like there's none. There's not a lawyer good enough. Oh. And if there was, I can't afford the retainer fee. Like, <laughs> For real, if this Jesus guy isn't all about saving, I have no hope. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it was exactly like that for me. And I'm still going through the process of that. And yeah. partly because my mind is super analytical. Mm-hmm. I think things through backwards and forwards. I am the person that I go home and before I go to sleep, I'm thinking about every conversation I had that day. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, was I misunderstood? Did I yeah. get my point across, you know, correctly? Yeah. Did they know that I wasn't trying to be offensive? Like, right. did they know? Like, I'm the person I deconstruct my own conversations, mm. my own mannerisms, my own. And I'm very hard on myself. Yeah. And if God is a righteous judge, he's not a judge like me. Mm. Mm. Because as righteous as I think that I am and as much justice as I think I could probably bring because I try to be unbiased. If I were to judge myself. I'd, I'd be, I'd be done with myself. Right. Yeah. If it's all based on works because I fall short every, and that's what is so scary about it. Yeah. And so I think my salvation at this point has to be the fact that I have to understand that God is not like me, which is a, which is tough because I don't think I'm a bad individual. Right. Right. So I think if there was such, and we know that Jesus said there's no one that's good. Right. But I try to be as good as I can possibly be. I try to show compassion. I try to show, you know, empathy. I try to show, you know, love and patience. And I try to have all of these virtues and stuff. Right. So and I'm not a criminal, you know, in, by, by most cases, you know, I'm right. not saying I've never ran a red light or anything like that, but I'm not I'm not a habitual criminal. Yeah. I'm not an organized crime boss right. or, you know, or something <laughs> like that. You know, I don't have like these things going on where I'm you know worried about the ATF or one of those three letter agencies kicking in my door. <laughs> yeah. You know, if they do, it's going to be on a false claim because right. I'm just not doing it. So I think I'm a pretty decent person. Yeah. And the scary thing about that is, is for whatever merit my quote unquote goodness is, God's better. Yeah. And I, so I can't meet his standard. Yeah. 
And that's the scary part. It's the scary part, but it's also the blessing part. Yes. I was just going to say, because (laughs) my insufficiency shows how big his grace is. Yep. And that's what I had to start to learn. Dan was as bad as I am. Like, even if I think I'm good, I know I'm not. But for as bad as I am, he's that much better. Yeah. Mm. And it says it there plainly in the, in the word. Yeah. You know, um, it's still kind of hard to grasp onto sometimes. So yeah, um, mine is exactly like that. And then I also thought, you know, you know, like, like this as I was growing up as well is if I chose God strictly out of a sense of not wanting to go to hell, did I really choose God? Right. I didn't, I chose self preservation. Yeah. (laughs) And God doesn't want my fear. Right. He wants my heart. Yeah. He wants me to see the error in my ways. He wants me to see, you know, there's Marcellus, you've been king for far too long mm-hmm. and you've tried to reign and rule and make all of these decisions, all of which have been to your detriment and to the detriment of people around you. Yeah. That you claim that you love, mm-hmm. that you would die for, that you would protect. But with you on the throne, you're going nowhere. Yeah. And so if you choose me just out of the because hell wasn't created for us. Yeah. The Bible tells us that, too. Yep. Yep. So why should I fear something that wasn't made for me? Mm. And we can get into this maybe later off into the conversation or whatever. But I also had to grapple with the fact. And I know a lot of people still grapple with this and ask this question is why would God ever, you know, send somebody to hell? Yeah. And, you know, I just one. I just don't believe that he sends people to right. hell. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. for a while I thought he did. Yeah. Um, until I came into a different, you know, perspective, you know, my, my perspective was reformed, you know, around that particular issue. And maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later, but I, I went through all of this stuff and, you know, hopefully us having this conversation is helping somebody else that's going through this stuff. Yeah. And I hope people will share this with, you know, friends uh, and family that are continuing to go through this stuff, or maybe you're listening and you're continuing to go through this stuff. You know, mm-hmm. our our hearts, I know, Dan, and I, I don't want to necessarily speak for you, but I, I know that I can. Our hearts go out, you know, for yes. you, you know, and, Absolutely. you know, not only will we, you know, continue to, you know, pray for ourselves, but we're praying for you as well. And we don't mm-hmm. have to know you to do that. You yeah. know, we just, we're just, you know, going to pray that, that God continues to reveal himself to you because uh, I get it. Thank you for listening to The Reformed Perspective with Marcellus Howard and Dan Hendrickson. Music by The Revived. Please follow us on Instagram and Facebook.